Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from week, I don't know, seven of quarantine in rapidly gentrifying Culver City adjacent California from my basement, boasting stylish and modern white wall-to-wall carpeting. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today for our weekly lockdown wellness check, the host of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, now and forever, the people's champ. Hello and welcome back, Jesse May Peluso. Oh, now this is a wellness check? We care about you. Are you sure? I feel like it's changed since last week. What was it last week? Well, you didn't check in on me, I'll tell you that much. You You did not check, you didn't see if I was well or not. Well, I care if you're well. You look well. You look weller you, than last time I saw you wearing lipstick. <laughs> so are you. I'm, I don't remember. This is au naturel. <laughs> Your hair is quaffed more than more than normal. Oh, I'm quaffing. It looks like a tidal wave. I know. I'm trying to quaff it as much as I can. I'm trying to see if I can. The wife is going to do a haircut because I got to. She should. Well, no. You look like a Silicon Valley douche right now. And I mean that as a compliment. Would you let me finish? She's going to. Yes. She's going to bring in everywhere else, thereby accentuating the douche quaff. When I come out of my house... Oh my god, douche quaff? They're going to be at Coachella in 2022. When I come out of my house, I want people to be... I I, want to turn heads. I want to be problematic for people when I come out of here. You're going to turn... You're going to turn the heads of coyotes. I'm going to... I'm going to look good. (laughs) You're going to turn the heads of coyotes with that quaff Something's happening to me in in quarantine, and I I, I realize... Are you becoming a woman? How dare you? What sort of woman would be seen looking the way I look right now? Well, you no, said something just, was happening to you in quarantine, and I thought maybe you're finally I'm just I'm just realizing that all of this, this veneer of civilization that all of us thought things had to add up and make sense, they, it was all always an illusion, and it has taken the coronavirus to make me see the error of my ways, and I'm just going to be a complete astard from here on out. I agree with that. The, the veneer has been revealed. Yeah. The cur- the curtain of civilization has been pulled back mm-hmm. to reveal three things. Yeah. One, we all love sweatpants. <sighs> Big time. Two, we're all day drinkers. I don't care how much of a vegan you are, Becky. You like tequila. Sure. And three, our natural face is enough, albeit scary, but enough. Those are three universal truths about being in quarantine. So I was led to believe, you may have been one of the people who led me to believe this, that the longer this went on, women were going to have, especially Hollywood high maintenance types, those who had access to all the what have you accoutrement, that they were all going to be, I speak a little French, neither here nor there, uh, that they were all <laughs> going to be exposed and that their real selves were bound to come out because they had nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Has this been happening? I know I've seen a photo here or there of the lady on TV. I need to get my roots done or whatever. But for the most part, are we seeing a bunch of celebrities that we assumed were beautiful or even naturally beautiful, like falling apart before our eyes? I feel like everyone's holding it together pretty well. I think the only 
to your point of what's going to be coming out of this quarantine, the only two people that are coming out of this quarantine are fat dudes and ugly girls. Our truth is going to come to the surface. Our, our, our true lines are going to show our mm-hmm. chimples. Yeah. My roots go to my back. Oh, you weren't doing that on purpose? <laughs> my hair I thought roots that you, are so deep. I thought that you wanted to have like a, a blonde bun on top of. That's exactly what my hair. It's a blonde bun yeah, on a brunette. All head. that remains is the bun. But come on, oh but, my but God. that's. But that's I, I'm not saying that's on you because that would imply that it's a bad thing. It's a totally fine thing. But you can get your hands on, you know, Lady Clairol. I don't know what you. I don't know what you broads use. You can you can dye your hair Lady if you want to. Lady Clairol. I'm sorry. That's my favorite drag queen <laughs> at lips lipstick in San Diego. <laughs> I think the one thing six was, foot seven was, in heels, Lady Clairol, <laughs> with a voice deeper than a linebacker. Hey, girls, you ready for your martinis? I think the coronavirus is bringing to light the excessive existence that is the human kind. We have too many things yeah. that we're doing to ourselves. Uh-huh. Too many things that we're buying. Yeah, I've really realized what how much like shit I buy at the grocery store that I don't need. And I've actually been running out of food before I would just go and shop. while I still had stuff in the Mm -hmm. fridge. Now I've been like letting my fridge run dry and it feels good to like actually use up the things that I'm purchasing and not waste them. I feed my baby the same linguine over and over (laughs) and over again. You feed your baby linguine? Yeah. Babies, babies are carb monsters. That's all they want is pasta. Noodles 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 i see they are because they're little energy balls they just want to burn it right off noodles well no 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 let's talk about that children's capacity for physical activity and energy is is vastly overrated because people really yeah yeah because this is daughter's a demon this is what i tell myself because i don't want to face the fact that i am uh, entering the autumn of my years so wow, I'm sorry. Am I in the am I in the line with Edgar Allan Poe? Did you just say the autumn of my years? <laughs> Isn't that a like a like a? It was a very good year. Is Walt Whitman on the line? Yeah. <laughs> who, who says the autumn of my years? I, I swear to God, Tully, if you are no, I need to say something. Yeah. If you are like workshopping your new poetry book with me, I'm gonna be fucking. Pissed. I coin phrases. <laughs> your new corn naturally corn poetry book. Lockdown of the mind. The autumn of my years. Okay, go yeah. on. Okay, so as I as I as Malo I follow Koala. I'm 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 coming up on my own Indian summer here, right? <laughs> it's a little more acceptable. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, everyone says, "Oh, babies, how do you keep, kids? How do you keep up with them? They have so much energy." Well, like they do, and they'll just go, and they'll love to do really boring stuff over and over and over again that you get tired of after you do it two times. They want to do it twenty two times, but. As we were kind of touching on before we started rolling here, assuming we are rolling here, my baby sleeps for <laughs> we, we hope. my baby sleeps for ten to twelve hours per night, and then on top of that, takes like a one to two hour nap. I could run through fucking walls if I only had to be awake for eleven hours a day. 
Yeah, and so are you you and the missus getting some nice sleep because no. the baby sleeps for so long? Uh, no. That's what, I don't, that's what it doesn't compute with me. If right. your kids are sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night, right. how are you not sleeping okay. 10 to 12 okay. hours a night? Thank you for asking. Where, what the fuck thank, is going on? Thank you for asking that I might vent. Uh, here's how that works, because the baby's having what's known as a sleep regression. You know what it is? Her brain. Oh, sleep what? A regression. You know, here's a funny thing that you can you can do just for fun if you if you want to know what it's like to have a kid. They have these things, and they're sort of well-known, that, like, your baby might sleep very well in the beginning, and you're like, oh, good, my baby's a good sleeper. And then all of a sudden, why can't my baby sleep anymore? Well, maybe that's the four-month sleep regression, or maybe that's the seven-month sleep regression. These are Is things. it like a seven-year itch in a relationship yeah. where you just are sick of it? She's, kind of, kind of. I think that's the one that she's in now. But the funny thing is, and I've done <laughs> this just to satisfy my own curiosity, you can literally Google three-month sleep. And it'll autocomplete to regression. And then you can do four months, five months, six months, seven months, 18, 20. It doesn't matter. They all are associated with sleeper. It doesn't mean you're going to hit every single one of them. But basically the point is people like to pretend that they know that there's patterns to babies. There are no patterns. Nobody knows anything. They're, they're all different. What I think is going on with her is her brain has reached a new level of consciousness where she kind of like knows what's going on. Because you can just lead them by the nose when they're really little. She finally kind of figured out that when we put her to bed – we're still up and doing stuff. Oh. And she just doesn't want to miss out. So she gets pissed. Like hell has... That's a good note for parents. Like, maybe have like an hour of quiet time for yourselves after you put the kids to sleep maybe so pretend, you trick them into sleep. Yeah, maybe pretend, pretend you're, that you're going to sleep. But just hell hath no fury. She pitched a fucking a royal fit the other night. Okay, so that's not neither. Does she bargain with you, or is she too young to do that? She just like no, cr- no, she's not an crying. alcoholic. My she doesn't. Kid is bargain. She doesn't. Bargain. Oh no, 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 no. There aren't like the levels of acceptance and then grief and then no. She just fucking. My sister's kid will come pissed. down the stairs at like ten p.m. and be like, "Mom, I got to tell you something." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Go to bed." He'll yeah. come back downstairs a few minutes later. He'll be like, "Mom." I hurt myself. She's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, Go back to right. bed. He, he comes up with new ideas sure. to no. get out of bed. She doesn't do that? No, no. My Dealing with my baby is like dealing with a, a relapsed Andy Dick. Like there's no rhyme, oh, wow. there's That's no rhyme lot. or reason. It just keeps coming and coming Does and she coming. Have a son? And Does she have a teenage son. <laughs> <laughs> she could use a steadying influence in her in her life. Like like at least she could use some humbling. Like at least Andy Dick has. At least Andy Dick has has people he can talk to or rooting for him. Um. So so to answer your question, here's what happens is. All day you're so tired because you woke up with the baby and you're just like, I just want this to be over. So tonight's the night that I'll catch up on sleep. I'll go to bed at nine o'clock and everything's going to be fine. But then she goes to bed and then we haven't spent any one-on-one time with the boy. So now we watch some stuff with the boy. We make some popcorn or something. His bedtime is supposed to be 8.30. Ha, ha, ha. By the time we wrestle him to bed, it's usually more like 9.30, 9.45. At that point, maybe you haven't finished the dishes. Maybe you haven't answered a couple of work emails. So you're just going to bang mm. out these couple little things. Well, now it's 10.30. And it's the first time all day you've had your time to yourself. And you go, I'll just, watch, I'll just watch a half hour of TV. And I'll still get to bed at 11. But you decide to watch the second one. Or you start actually having a conversation. Because you haven't actually had an unmediated, uninterrupted conversation all goddamn damn day the next thing you know it's twelve fifteen. go to bed rinse repeat this is my day for the last six weeks so i'm confused yeah. is this is this a is this a psa pro life or pro choice i don't know what your political best thing that have ever happened to me 
Your kids? Yeah. How could I, I be I so lucky as to have two angels in my household? I'm so humbled. Okay, see, that How could things sarcastic. that are so amazing? And it's being totally sarcastic. So here's what I don't understand. Yeah. Okay, so you're so you're saying that having kids isn't the greatest thing that's happened in your life. It definitely is. Uh, no, it no, is. no. It's like third. Okay, why did you just like remember something from your past? Like what meeting well, meeting and becoming buddies with Mark McGrath was top? Because the shorthand is that it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, it's just it's just different. It's really okay, really hard so- to it, it's hard to. It, it 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 adds a whole new. Dim- you know when you have that dream that you have like a much bigger, better house than the one that you really have, and you're finding all these awesome rooms and stuff like that, and then yeah. you wake up and you're like, oh shit, that's not my real house. That sucks. This isn't my house. And yeah, exactly. This is not my wife. Why am I wearing this gigantic, ridiculous suit here? It's your t- Talking Name. Heads. I know, once in a lifetime. Good right. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you know, I think the Talking Heads like won a bet or something with MTV at some point in the 90s, because I used to just stay up all night when I still lived at my parents' house. I had nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. I'd go over to Central Park. Um, Wash- Me too, and watch MTV. Yeah, I'd go over to Washington Square Park, and I'd get like a couple of shitty bags of weed, and then I would come back to my parents' house and just steal booze from the liquor cabinet and smoke weed and pretend I was writing music because I did used to rock from time to time as you know oh god and I, I swear why do you keep reminding us that you used to rock one and I will rock again and one <laughs> summer I swear to god every single night at one point in the night I saw it with my own two eyes they played the video for once in a lifetime despite the fact that it was already 15 years old at that point I swear to god somebody lost a bet and was like okay 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 I'll play the I'll play the Talking Heads every night on MTV. <laughs> it was bizarre. That is really strange. Um, so, but, but, kids, but back to kids you, are like kids are uh, kids are kids are about having children. Kids are you find this whole other like you loved the house that you had, and now all of a sudden you find all these other amazing rooms, and then you wake up in the morning and they're not gone. They're still they're still there. It just it adds a whole other. I don't know. It's like what do you like better, like sight or sound? It's like getting a new sense. It's just well. I guess sight if kids are crying. Yeah. You know, seeing a kid cry wouldn't be as terrible as hearing it. It's a bad analogy. Sight's more important than sound, I would say. Here's a question for you. What, like, honestly, if if gun to head, you had to answer. I can be honest, yeah. What's the hardest thing about being a parent? Okay. Right now. Okay. You in this life. No problem. I mean, the hardest thing is when you actually have, like, like real problems if your kid is like ill or something like that because it's the most helpless thing in the world and you would do anything to 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 take that badness and put it in you and off of them but thank goodness i have not at least yet been in that situation being a parent is not hard it is relentless ah you've said that before yeah that's a really good way to describe it yeah because relentlessness is a whole other type of difficulty and exhaustion. It's the same thing as quitting smoking, to be honest with you. I, I found quitting smoking after the first couple of days to be pretty easy. It's just like then you get into a couple month long period where you're just going through your day and it's like, okay, so I just finish, uh, you know, finish taking a shit and then we'll go have a cigarette. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no, I don't do that anymore. And then like three ah. minutes later, you're like, yeah, I'll just do this and I'll have a cigarette. Go, ah, I don't do that anymore. It's just this little fucking thing just. Just pointing. It's like a reconditioning. Yeah, just just having. Hey, 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 buddy, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, hey, 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 buddy. It's that. I'm here. I shit my diaper. Yeah, right. Exactly. Louis had. I did. I'm wearing a quarantine diaper. I shit my diaper. Never been a better time to shit yourself. Oh my god. Be honest. Have you wore sweatpants every day? I've wore sweatpants every single day. I wear. 
Mm, debatable. I've gotten into arguments with people as to whether or not my house pants are sweatpants. Honey, if you have to say house pants, it's the same thing as sweatpants. I got fancy. I got fancy house pants. Fancy? fancy. You got fancy house pants. They're the fanciest. I bought them in Malibu. <laughs> Malibu. <laughs> I got Malibu house pants. Okay, so the worst part is that it's relentless. What's the greatest part? Oh, all the best. It's it's totally the greatest. Um, all of the, if what's a moment when you have a son who's how old? Twelve? Uh, no, eight. Oh my god, he looks so much older. Very manly. Runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. Very very manly. Well, on her side. Yeah, it's um, very manly women. So you you have one of each. I'm going to ask you as a as a girl dad. Yeah. What's I like the, I like the one boy of the better. Greatest things Wait, about being a girl dad. Oh, I don't know. She's her gender is like so. I'll tell you what I like about her. Gender is completely irrelevant when they're that little, and we're aggressively steering her from being like too girly. And so far, she's towing the line just impeccably. Like she loves flowers, but she loves dinosaurs. Like we're right where we want to be with her. Yeah, she loves flowers, but she rips them out of the ground and throws them at dogs. Yeah, and she likes and she likes mud and rocks and stuff like that. So we're 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 good there. Um, the the gender is pretty irrelevant. I do actually find that. I think I'm uh, a little bit more forthcoming with like kissy affection with her than I, I always felt like I kind of had to draw a line somewhere with my no, son. Oh, you got to shower her. No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. With my son, I'm saying like, I'm. Okay. We're, we're, we're Why both. did you feel that? Why did you feel like you needed? I didn't really want to like kiss. No, let me, let me, I never wanted to like, uh, I could probably count on two hands the number of times my son and I have like kissed on the lips. Like that would be a very strange, strange thing to happen. Whereas I with used her, to all the time when I was a kid with my dad. Well, that's my, the thing. Sister, Whereas with my our style, with my daughter, I do do that all the time. Okay, you know what I mean. That's it's so cute. It's really, really cute. It's so cute. What I like about her as a girl so far, do you know what it is? She has she has girl shoulders. I can feel that her shoulders are much tinier Aww. than than the boys. Like I definitely feel because otherwise babies are like you know you can I mean it's creepy to say but you like you can abduct a girl and cut her hair off at the mall and sneak her out as a boy with a baseball cap on. I mean that's how you on. do it. So that's, now we're getting I mean, to I what you've want, really been doing. I'm not quarantine. telling people to abduct children from the mall. <laughs> I'm just telling you if you're gonna do it, be a fucking pro. Being a parent is relentless. All you gotta do is trim the hair of a girl and she's a boy steal her from the mall yeah exactly exactly um no the good the, i always say that it's i guess it's kind of like i don't know it's a little bit like extra it's not like exercise i don't know what to compare it to i'm coming up short on metaphors and analogies here but like the the brutal pain part is like the second it ends the second they go to bed you just shake it off and it's over but like the good stuff you get to keep forever like what's what's like like christmas morning must be amazing like you wake up and the kids and they got their presents and yeah i can't catch it to i can't catch it fast enough i try to journal i yeah. try to take as many videos as i can i try to take as many with my son i thought i was being ridiculous with how many uh photos and videos i was taking and now i look back and i'm like there was like two weeks where i didn't get a thing like that's, that's yeah. time that's lost forever there's phases of him that are lost forever and not that anybody else like I don't have a Facebook account. I'm not trying to tell other people, check it out. My kid's so amazing. It's not, it's not about that. It's just that I think you're, all you're the time. You're trying to hold moments. It's the Jim Croce thing. Um, if I could put time in a bottle, I think about that all the time with my kids. So just like if I could just figure out a way to get like an empty 7-Up bottle and just hold on to this so someday 20 years from now I could just get it back. You, but, you know what can get you it back? Psychedelics? Ayahuasca, bitch. Yeah, probably. Probably. Psychedelics. You get a bunch of other things back. 
I had a thought today and I said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Probably because I was stoned. That's our job. Oh, was there nobody myself, else in the room? There was, no, I was alone. Oh, I see. I was alone. I do that now. I take it back. I was with my dogs on a walk. Uh huh. I see. I find that being a function of being in the autumn of your years. You start thinking out loud. <laughs> rude. But accurate. But yeah, rude. Right. Um, I was on a walk and I said to myself, are all my memories in my brain? Right. Okay. Let's think about that. I mean, yes, and but yeah. It sounds like a dumb question. Right. But is it? Mm. Because our brain is the processor of our being. Mm-hmm. And like computers, they sometimes get un- inundated with data information and sending and receiving and streaming and all of that, that they have to forego certain applications to allow other ones to run. Mm-hmm. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe our <laughs> brain contains all of our memories but can you hear my dog? I know nobody else can hear my dog, but as I'm trying to have this like really beautiful existential statement, my dog is trying to find a comfortable spot on the carpet and he keeps digging. Oh. Carlin, just lay down. Maybe. I thought he was aggressively filleting himself, so I'm glad you Could clarified you hear that. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is like aggressively digging in the carpet for softness. Maybe our memories are all there mm-hmm. and our brain just isn't able to deliver it to us in a, in a form where we can see them without psychedelics, without okay. ayahuasca right. or so DMT. I, I, yeah. I think you're asking something a little bit different than what I thought you were like for starters. Like, yes, your, your memories are, are in your brain as opposed to being somewhere else. Are they all there is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, 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 okay. So, so first of you all, like, there's, like, there's not, there's no cloud-based computing. Like, you know well, that. That's the question because we okay. The hippo, the hippocampus creates new memories. That that's a little seahorse thing in your brain that creates new memories, right? Right. And then your all of your old memories, where do they go? Do is there a place that they're stored? Yes, yes. It's called your memory. Yeah. But. Why can't we remember everything like some right. sort of savant? Oh, okay, okay. Now I now I see. So do we, would it make us go crazy? Do we have total recall of everything that's ever happened to us that we just can't access? Yeah, is it that Lucy sort of thing with Morgan Freeman and Scarlett Johansson? Where yeah, we're only using ten percent of our brain, but if we really had the know-with-all, we could access all of it yeah okay so i can shoot down the lucy bit of it i think i know the answer to that and it's this um this fallacy you know what i would love to do an episode on which is all of the things that everybody thinks that they all of the like conventional wisdom things that everybody thinks they know i'm not saying people are stupid but like what like what okay like uh malcolm gladwell basically has disowned the 10,000 hours thing at this point. Like everybody, really everybody knows. And he, it wasn't even his idea to begin with, but, um, and he's, he acknowledges that, but like the whole, like, if you want to be good at something, practice it for 10,000 hours. He, people took that and ran with it and adapted it to mean, if you want to be good at something, just do it for 10,000 hours. What he was saying is if you look through history, people who were born as like insane geniuses, then put 10,000 hours into something. And he's like, the genius part and is... mastered it. The genius part is more important than the 10,000 hour part. And, and and it's just amazing to me. I could definitely find a list of this. The number of, of, of... I don't know what you call them. It's not exactly a fact. But like, 
it almost seems like when something from the scientific realm or like outside of everybody's everyday life realm makes it into the popular consciousness, by the time it gets there, it's almost always wrong. Yeah. There's things I, like, you're, you're you, right. you know, they say those things, we all yeah. have all of them wrong. And I'm definitely including myself in that. So, I, I think that there's something to that. But what's the podcast episode you wanted to do it on? Is, is, all, want, is all of these things that everybody thinks we that got they, it wrong? That everybody thinks that they that they know. Like the whole, like, we only use 2% of a brain or 10% of our brain, which is why I brought that up. Right. So I think what it is, is we never use all that much of our brain at a given time. But we use all of our brain for something at some point. Like I agree with that. From an I agree evo- with yeah, that. from an evolutionary point of view, I've read. I mean, I obviously cannot independently verify this. Although our brain is a relatively small organ, it takes like thirty percent of our calories go to supporting brain function. And from an evolutionary point of view, there's no way that we would devote that much of our nutritional resources to something that was so incredibly inefficient as to only be using two percent of its capacity. Right. So That's it's a just, good point. Yeah, it's like twenty five or thirty percent. Right. But but to your point, I, I've kind of wondered about the same thing to your question, how much more is in there? First of all, we know that we have distorted memories. Like if you're a witness to a crime and they keep questioning you and keep questioning you, it's almost like a lock unless you have a really all special brain. Yeah, that by the time you've told the story for the 50th time, like all of your stories that you have from this one crazy time when I was a teenager, they're all a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, they're all... They're all lies. Yeah. All, all memories are just, are, they're, um, you know, deceptions of the past. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all recall and your memory is based off of so much in the moment of your mood, what you ate, and those things evolve. So as you recollect something, what you ate, what you did is going to evolve your thought of what you thought happened. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think the answer to your question is like, is kind of? We definitely remember <laughs> more things than we can, like, access. Because you mentioned ayahuasca. I know, like, Jason Ellis has talked about having, you know, kind of regression therapies with this or that psychedelic. And, like, all of a sudden he's, like, back in his childhood room. And he can see details of the room that he never, ever, ever could have remembered before that. And then all of a sudden he's back there. But does he that's because there's trauma associated with that memory. So it left a very deep imprint. And also there's no debating that like memories from when we're young, just leave a deeper imprint. It's almost like they just take up more real estate because there was more empty space in your brain back then. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing of what? Of like, how come I can remember stuff that old people always say, how can I remember, you know, stuff that happened to me when I was 15 years old and I can't remember what happened yesterday. That's like a thing. That's interesting about, um, with diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's, which makes up like 40 to 50% of dementia uh, cases is that when people start to lose their memory, when they have Alzheimer's or dementia, they revert back to an era around the time they were late teens to early twenties. And that's pretty consistent. And it's really interesting too, because with memory, um, they say with Alzheimer's and dementia patients to play music from that era. And there's something to the point of we hang on to a portion of that time in our life yeah. and that music. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but my musical peak was the nineties hip hop. I loved, you know, like growing up on Nas and mob deep and all of that crazy hip hop, like yeah. the nineties hip hop. That's my music of choice. 
So if if and when I become an age where I'm older and can't remember stuff, my kids are going to have to blast mob deep in my retirement community and I don't know how that's going to go over. Well, you won't be the only one though. Those will be those will be the new the new oldies. And that's not just that's not the just you. Oldies. That's a radio thing. A radio thing. Like everybody listens to like ninety percent of the music you listen to gets formed between like when you're like thirteen and like twenty. Right. That's definitely a thing. But like, okay. I so I do know. Um, like science doesn't really understand what the function of sleep is. Like, they, what do you mean science doesn't understand the function of sleep? Like why we should need it. I know. Look, I'm just taking science's word on on this. Like, why do we need so much of it? It obviously doesn't make uh, uh, sense for if you're just like trying to protect yourself from predators to have to completely shut down for a full third of the day. Like, science can't quite figure out what our bodies are doing to need like during sleep to need so much of it. If that makes I think sense. It ha- yeah. No, it does make sense, and I think. The reason, my speculation with what I've read and how much tequila I've had today is that a lot of it has to do with the brain function. Yeah, right. Because there is science that, you know, what's going on, one of the major symptoms and systems, sorry, one of the major systems that's working in your sleep is your glymphatic system, which is essentially like the sewage of your brain. Yes. You know, your brain does a lot of cleaning out at night That's and right. it sort of pools around and it's all this liquidy stuff. And then when you wake up, it kind of disperses out of your body. Hopefully if you're lucky. Yeah. Your old but, memories are probably in your poop somewhere. <laughs> I'm probably crapping out all of my childhood. <laughs> I know. That's so fucked up. I know That's it's probably true, though. It's a way it's to some extent or true. another. I'm, I'm I'm sure that it is right. So I think that your brain goes through every night and takes out the trash or does some bonsai yeah. pruning or whatever you want to call it. And and yeah, and so it's some does, brain bonsai pruning, right? And so your brain does know. Hey, we probably don't need to know every single thing about that trip to Fat Burger we took two months ago. So we're gonna start kind of getting it down to kind of like. When's the last time I went to Fat Burger? It was two months ago. That's the only part of that memory that I really need to remember. And then at a certain point, you won't even be able to remember the last time you went to Fat Burger, right? Isn't it interesting to think about what and how your brain chooses to put a little yellow tag on? Particularly when it's when it's outliers. You know, I, I constantly... Some things are very obvious. Why do I remember my son riding a bicycle for the first time? Well, I obviously... You know, because I'm fucking jealous. I can't do it. it. It looks easy, but I can't do it. I'm joking. Um, but, no, I know. I just, it, it, you know. Yeah, but like what, um, when when there's something that serves absolutely no purpose, <laughs> really, like not even like uh, there's a hidden purpose. Like why do I remember? Right. Because everyone's right. done that thing where they're like, why do I even remember this? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I wonder if there's some sort of connection between our emotion in the moment and what's happening in the moment that connects the two. I do know that smell is one of the strongest things that's linked to memory. Word up. You know, you smell something and you're immediately just transformed in your, your or what's the word I'm looking for? Transported back mm-hmm. to that time. Yep. You're Ubered right back to that moment in your life. One time I had one of my first jobs, which I did not really care for was, uh, I was a flower delivery guy in Manhattan one summer in between like my sophomore and junior year of high school. That's hilarious. And why is that funny? 
I don't know. I just can't imagine you, that face, especially your quarantine face, delivering like, flowers. Like for quarantine quaff. What are you talking about? I delivered flowers that summer to uh, the current president of the United States. Gross. I just know. kidding. I'm not political. He's great. Is he? Your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was from. It was from. Uh, it was from a young lady, and it was like, "Dear Mr. Trump, thank you for everything." And it was this big old fat thing of roses. Who? Sent him roses. I don't know. Some some chick. Wow. I didn't care enough because... Was it Stormy? No, this is way before Stormy. But um, but uh, I mean, those of us in New York already knew he was a clown at that point. So it wasn't like, oh my God, remember this, you know, this is historic. I was like, oh, Donald Trump got some got some stuff. You know, like uh, he, he wasn't very high in my list of noteworthy celebrities, even in just the New York sphere. You know, He's like, a celebrity. He's a celebrity and he's her... Yeah. We won't get political. We don't get political on this podcast. It would have meant more to me to be delivering flowers to, like, Woody Allen. As far as just in terms of right. New York celebrities, that would have ranked higher in my, like, ooh, this is kind of, you know, like, oh, I, I saw Susan Sarandon at a coffee shop one time. That was a bigger deal to me than delivering flowers to Donald yeah. Trump. That's that's where that uh, that's where that it's sits. Susan Sarandon boobies. Right. But I had, um, I, I had this delivery flower job, and I was using Degree Aerosol Deodorant. Wow, know. that's strong. What are you trying to cause cancer in your armpits? And I, you know, we're still waiting on the Jesus. results, but f- f- fingers crossed, <laughs> oh God, God. Will, God will, and we pulled that off. And then I guess, I, I mean, I wasn't something I was aware of. Obviously, I just like did that and then moved on with my life. And I don't think I lived at my parents' house anymore. And like a couple of years later, I was at my parents' house and I forgot deodorant and just went rummaging around and found that and sprayed it under my arms. And I, I got like a, a cold chill, like I had to go to work. At the florist. Because that is how powerful the scent memory is. In, that just it, bugged me out. Yeah, I saw that. I, I thought the phone froze. No, I just was like, because you had such a visceral reaction. Yeah. Like, that's almost like you're, you're basically like a lab rat at that point. Yeah. It's like, you know, you put your hand on the stove and you get burned. It's that much of a visceral reaction. So there must be something to the emotions of the moment causing the memory to your brain to tack on that memory and to put it into the catalog. There must be something about your emotions. Right. Well, I think that because scent is taste, they're the same thing ultimately, that maybe it's really, really important evolutionarily for us to really remember tastes or smells that that rub us in the times of COVID, taste is a touchy subject. What are you talking about? Or smells, actually. What do you you lose? COVID, you lose your sense of smell. Yeah, right, right, So maybe taste is better. Is that really a thing, though? Because I've had... Now, have you had friends who've had the COVID? I feel like that enough time has passed. Michael Yo did. Is that so? Yeah. Would, like, like, tested positive for it, but felt fine? Or was was the real sick one? Hospitalized. Oh, my goodness. Pneumonia. Thought he was going to pass away. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Then he recovered... He actually he went in with pneumonia and then got full blown COVID AIDS. Oh my god! Not, well, not COVID AIDS, but I'm just yeah, making a joke. Know, yeah. we're, we're trying here, folks. Um, they gave him the drug for the malaria drug, and they gave him the HIV drug. Funny, I was talking about AIDS, and um, he he made a recovery. I don't think the drugs necessarily helped him, but he made a recovery and then had to get quarantined from his family for two weeks before he could see them but yeah he's got kids he's got kids right yep wow almost a a little younger than your situation but yeah yeah, he's the only person i've known that's had covid 
Oh, really? Well, it's definitely it's it's almost getting a little awkward where you don't want people to be sick, but if if enough people if not enough people get sick, it definitely is going to always fuel the narrative that this was an overreaction. It's always a... No. I mean, basically... That's what we're worried for. It was always guaranteed that if you did the... If you took the necessary steps, it was going to look like an overreaction. It was almost like the only thing you could let it do was was like, you know, what you do with a kid when they're just making a bad decision. It's like you have to let them make their own bad decisions. You go, see, 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 maybe next time you listen to me. Maybe next time you listen to me. But the stakes were obviously uh, obviously too high for that. Um, well, but- I think that's another thing, too, because there's so much going on. Uh, not to beat the memory horse with a stick. Is that how, is that the saying? The dead memory horse with a stick? Beat a um, memory horse with a stick, as the old saying goes. There's yeah. something there. Right. Yeah, you know that saying. Right. I, I think that was think a Poco song. It was. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think that we're processing too much. And I think in our daily lives, we're, there's so many more things that we're dealing with and considering and having to filter that there's not enough room for memories. There's enough room for reminiscing. There's yeah. enough room for recollection. I think it's even more simple than that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I Cocaine? know. No, it's 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 screens. It's phones. Oh it's yeah. Because your brain, like, I'm trying to think of how to really say this. Like, it's one thing for the thing to happen and go in your brain. It's actually another thing for your brain to be like, right, we're we're putting that in carbonite, like Han Solo, right. and then we're gonna we're gonna uh, store it over here. And when you don't, there's no tangible learning like there used to be. When I you think. don't give your brain idle time, idling is when memories are formed and stored, and we don't have nearly as much brain idle time because it turns out that, and I believe that again, I love just quoting scientific facts that I think I read one time and, that may and, or may not be true. But yeah, so, and please let, let us let the listeners know that we are two doctors, so this is all fact. Yeah, it's like don't even bother tweeting at me don't and Google telling it. me that that we don't. Need I don't know what check. I'm talking about, like. You weren't We're there with us. Pants. You weren't there with us at the Sorbonne, okay? So you weren't there with us when they made us. You the, don't know what we know when they made us the president of school. You weren't there, so just just pipe down, Junior. Hey, just sit I did back two and lives and learn. on Instagram this week. So back the fuck up. Wait, you did what? Two lives on Instagram. I'm also in pajamas right now. I don't know what Have lives some are. Respect. You do. I'm a doctor. Continue <laughs> your sentiment. <laughs> Supposedly, when we, um, when when you're, when you feel like you're not thinking, when you're daydreaming, when you're just staring out the window in your car and not looking at your phone and not listening to whatever, um, your phone, your brain actually registers much higher activity than when you're actively thinking about stuff. I would that makes total sense to me because your brain's it's almost like your brain in that moment is a dog when you take the leash off. It's allowed to run around. It's allowed to smell. It's allowed to sort of stretch its legs. Yeah. It's allowed to be itself. Right. And I've been responding to a lot of people talking about boredom uh-huh. and how bored they are in quarantine. You and I Fuck are off. We're we're adults. Boredom was all our childhood was made of. Oh my god! Where do you think the '90s came from? What, what, what do you think started grunge? Boredom. Hello. And where do you think? You know, boredom is a necessary process for your brain to experience in order for it to get a fucking break. Yep. Alan Alda told me that. What? Alan Alda told me, well, I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast, but Alan Alda was on it. With Alan Alda? Never name drop. He was in my Frank Sinatra told me that. He's so, (laughs) he's 
so old that yeah. Alan Alda was in my crosswords today. I love Alan Alda. You know, Alan Alda, at one point, my dad was a dead ringer for Alan Alda. I have a weird memory that I don't know if it's true, but I believe it is, but it just seems so Tell impossible. Us. Me and Tell my us. family went to, like, Universal Studios, Florida or something. And that doesn't even sound like the proper term. I know. I don't even know if they have a Universal Studios, and I don't know if Universal Studios made MASH, but in any event, they put on like a little i swear to god i remember this like somebody okay don't question our impeccable scientific credentials i'm I'm stenographing this whole thing (laughs) will you please ask me to the next time i i I facetime with the kids and my parents ask my parents if i'm imagining that this really happened they went through the crowd of people and found people who physically resembled the cast members of mash and then had them one of the longest running shows yeah one of the greats and then uh had them get up on stage and do like a little bit of an episode of mash and i don't even feel like they were looking at scripts so they would have had to memorize things and i think my my dad just like went backstage for like a half an hour and came back out and he was alan alda but it was so crazy because (laughs) like we had a picture in my house like on a little like bulletin board thumbtack thing of a picture of alan alda graduating from college because when when they were that age like it was right next to a picture of my dad. My dad was a dead fucking ringer for Alan Alda when they were younger. So when we go to Florida and they're like, uh, we need an Alan Alda. Anyone here, Alan Alda? We're like, oh my God, we've been waiting our entire lives for someone to <laughs> is need. Alan, is this you? We've been waiting our entire lives for someone to need an Alan Alda stand in. We've got your Alan Alda right here. And to be sure, he dusted all those other imposters on the stage. Hawkeye didn't look a whit like Hawkeye. Oh my God. I can't believe that you are commenting on MASH. That's such a parent show. That's such a our parent show. That's like from our parents' generation. Yeah. It was a weird and time. I re- recently watched an episode of it when I was home in Syracuse. Very um, risky for its time. They were making homosexual jokes. Mm-hmm. They were making you know, jokes about women. Like it, they, it was almost like an equal opportunity employer type of joking that was going on in that show. And then there was the cross-dresser guy for the whole thing. That's Although that, right. was a, that was a joke. Clinger. Yeah. Yeah, fun, but fun still. Fa- fun fact, Can do you know what the theme song of MASH is called? Um, I don't. Can you imagine anybody making a sitcom nowadays with such a maudlin theme song? What was it called? Suicide is Painless. What? Look it up, yeah. That's so weird because I learned something about suicide <laughs> So weird. I was just thinking about suicide. It's so weird because I was learning that certain um, ant species commit suicide to protect their territory. Oh yeah, somebody's somebody's reading Reddit now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I, I saw that too. Yeah, ants Did you don't. See that? Yeah, ants don't give a fuck because ants don't conceive of themselves as individuals. Ants conceive of themselves as part of a, a hive. So if they're just like like ants, ants live to take a bullet, man. They live to take a bullet, and they wrap themselves around the opponent, and they explode, yeah. releasing corrosive material, killing both of them. They become like a, like a ant. I was going to say human, an ant grenade, a grenade. <laughs> we got weeks and weeks. I know that by the time the comedy store reopens, you're going to have that pun. That you're going to have that grenade. pun dialed. It's like a hand grenade. Wait, Thank are, you, are everybody. Doing- good night. Up next, Joe Rogan. Are we doing facts? Are we doing crazy facts? I just, 
it was just something that I learned and I wanted to share. It's all I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going in any sort of direction. Uh-huh. I actually was trying to recall, ironically, so there's a certain type of we were talking about memory and I, I'm an obsessive human when it comes to figuring stuff out. But there was a certain type of memory recall that I was trying to remember and I couldn't remember it. I was listening to a podcast and it's funny because you we were talking about like, you know, you were yourself were saying like the screen is the thing prohibiting us from retaining the memory. Yeah. I, I don't remember what it was. I don't mm. remember what it was. We'll get back so. to us on that. And you know that like it's it's a it's not just people's imagination that people Google things and like go out of their way to you know, what was the name of the guy who played Klinger on MASH? And then they look it up and like seconds later can't remember. Yeah, it's it, it, our brain is exhausted. Yeah. Well, I think a part of it is that your uh, Einstein supposedly said, I don't bother trying to remember things that are already stored in books. So I think there's a little bit of that, that your brain sort of intuits that if I looked it up one time, I could just look it up again. So there's no need to hang on to that. But But doesn't it worry about this generation and this instant gratification generation where people are scrolling and they're not really, nothing is, there's no retaining of anything. Yeah. I wonder what, what, you know, what the next generation's innovations are going to be, what their creations are going to be, if... You know, I was just going to say if any, but obviously we're evolving as people and it's so hard to see the the possibility of the progression of your own species within your own lifetime because yeah. who knows what technology is going to be. Yeah. You know, growing up, we had huge ass computers and now we have computers in our hands. So. I know. I know. You know, I used to always marvel that I had a, a great aunt named um, Auntie Roro. And oh shit! And and Auntie Roro was like lived to be like ninety and probably died like in the nineties, something something like that. I'm probably wrong on all those things. <gasps> She's a conspiracy theory, and I just She's like an entire one. Well, I just thought about how like she could remember, and I never really talked to her about this, but like she could remember a time before cars were common, and she could remember a time before airplanes were common, and by the time she was old, how much the world had changed. And now I find myself wondering who is going to see more dramatic technological overhaul in their lifetime, Auntie Roro or me? Well, hopefully not you, because what requires that dramatic overhaul is a depression. What requ- what requi- what requires that huge pivot is complete destruction. Because I mean, look at like the Industrial Revolution that mm-hmm. that came after enormous war well but like planes and cars and stuff those just kind of those just kind of happen but all those were kind of around the same time yeah i know what you're you saying know what i mean i know what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, I, th- yeah. I think i don't think we want to see a dramatic change within our lifetime i think we just kind of want to let it coast for a while and then let everybody else deal with the ramifications of world war three right but do you ever feel like <laughs> i mean world, world war three notwithstanding do you ever actually stop and think about how in the scheme of things the world has been coasting for so much longer than the world has ever coasted before there's been like the big relative nap. relative is that what they call it yeah they call it the big nap i just learned that from eric weinstein who's that he's a really really smart dude um he's like a professor and uh, he was on the Rogan podcast, and he was mm. talking about just that we're kind of due for destruction. <laughs> right. Relative peace and prosperity 
for about 70 years at this point. And We've the been only thing, killing it. And the only thing that's pre- preserved that is, as they say, it may just turn out that the greatest peacemaker in the history of humankind is the atom bomb. That maybe mutually assured destruction is enough to keep everyone at bay. Because it's certainly not that humans have evolved and learned their lesson. I think we've, we've seen that that is, is not the truth. But it's just like... I always find it so funny when, and I'm not a military person, obviously, just a just a radio person. Judging by that hair. Just a radio person and a doctor. Um, <laughs> that, like, when, when you hear about, like, little stupid shit where, like, a Chinese plane goes four feet into American aerospace or Russia, you know, like, shoots a blow dart at Slovenians or something like that just to kind of, oh like... Oh, my God. Just, there's, this stuff's always going... Argentina or Venezuela just sunk one of their Navy ships because, uh, like... So, like a cruise liner went into what they considered their water, so they rammed their boat into the cruise liner, but then their the Navy ship just sank. So it's literally like battleship out there. Yeah, but like stuff like that happens, and it's like, Where oh, do you get your news? I wanted to be depressed before 10am.com. Uh, <laughs> Drudge Report. You will usually... My, ki- my kid's asking me for everything on the uh, on the minute, every minute isn't enough.net. Where is your news source? Drudge Report's usually pretty good to bum you out if you're looking to get bummed. <laughs> I, 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 I'm there a couple times a day. Um, but, you know, it's just like we're supposed to get concerned about, you know, military tensions ratcheting up in this part of the world. It's like a part of me is like, well, so what? So what? Like, what's who's going to are we going to put we bo- haven't been humbled as a society? We haven't been what well, we've been somewhat humbled. We're seeing glimpses of that now with this quarantine, but it's not even we still have our luxuries. Yep. I'm on my laptop. We're talking on our FaceTime. Yes. I'm drinking a tequila. Shit is still lit in quarantine. Yes. But the reality of existence, if we look through history and we just, we don't even have to be intelligent to make, draw the conclusion that everything that goes up must come down. And we've been going up, like you said, to your point, or coasting, which is a version of going up. I, I would take plateauing over descending any day. Yeah. But the plateau doesn't last forever no, and the descent can, doesn't last forever. You can't move in uh, – I firmly believe that you, you, you can't stand still. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And, right. And plateauing is beginning to move backwards. Yeah, but it's still it's still better than falling. Yeah, right. And when's the fall? Because the big nap is up. Well, who says the big nap is up? Just because somebody figured it's out up. that we're taking a big nap? Eh, I don't know. I don't it's know. up. Sh- shit – Shit is about to change, I think, on a big scale. I think, you know, the the um, housing crash of 2008 was a totally different situation. 9-11 was a totally different situation. 2008 didn't affect everybody on a global level. Sure, 9-11 was a glimpse of the, you know, deprivation that people can experience when something like that happens. But it still wasn't like this, where where the American culture has been shut down we haven't experienced this before it's very humbling and i'm wondering if it's just an isolated incident or are we going into world war three because i just want to know what kind of outfit to put out for tomorrow so you got any tour dates or something funny lady yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at the border in chain meal chain mail <laughs> uh <laughs> august 8th my agent seriously emailed me today. My agent, this is how bloodthirsty everybody is right now. My agent goes, hey, uh, some places are starting to open up for limited capacity. Any interest to go out on the road? What? Mm-hmm. I 
All can't right. go to the bank without motherfuckers yelling at me because I didn't have a mask you on. You want me to go to first. Wichita? You heard it here first. Jesse May Peluso, your most intimate performances yet. We got to go. You're, uh, uh, we're not plugging anymore. People have all the time in the world. They can no, find us if they, they want They know where us. we are. Yep. And we didn't even get to our topics. I tried to, but you castrated I just, me. I totally cock-blocked the topics. I just swatted it down. Yep. Topic cock-block. <laughs>